Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Matt Knight. Hello, Mr. Joe. Hello, Mr. Matt, and hello, dear listener. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's episode 34, season three of the Guitar Nerds Podcast. Oh, well... (laughs) Well, for, that, for those of you actually keeping count, um, we're 10 years deep, Joe. 10 years deep. Almost wow. exactly 10 years or nice. 500 episodes or wherever we said. Absolutely mind-blowing. Wow. That is, that is an awful lot of episodes. But, uh, but <laughs> yes, uh, th- this, week, this week, Matt and I are going to talk about something. We're going to talk about our watch lists, interesting things that are in our reverbable eBay or other. Um, well, I guess those are the only two things. With Facebook lists, Marketplace. But, you know, Facebook if you Marketplace, can get there that. quick enough, I think <laughs> things just tend to... Do, nothing good comes up on Facebook. I'm not even like, on Facebook anymore. But no, yeah, no. Yeah. I would like to purchase this, but I am busy with work. I will send a UPS courier man to your house later today. <laughs> oh, dear, yeah. yeah. I have overpaid you on PayPal. Please pay me back. If someone yeah. said that, I'd be like, mm, maybe I'll keep it. <laughs> no. Um, ridiculous scams. Ridiculous scams. Well, uh, yes, we will be talking about what's in our watch list. If you listen to the end of this episode, we are going to be, as we we started doing last week, we're going to be taking our Patreon is going to be question of the week, where we're going to answer a question from one of our listeners. Uh, You can post the question in our Patreon, dear patrons, or you can post it in our Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash guitarheads group, or just search guitarheads group. Why did I give the URL? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, And uh, yes, whoever's question we choose to answer on the podcast we will send a pack of gravity guitar nerds plectrums um so you know i guess they're like five pound a pick so i guess that is that's a good little prize yeah yeah yeah. there'll be three four five make a necklace out of it or you know (laughs) blue tack it to your wall yeah exactly something like that something like that retrospectively i don't like them i'd go for a different pick if i was designing now the problem was we designed them as a four uh, I think I mentioned this last week. We designed them sort of with like J Cross and Mark Packham in mind, and J Cross really wanted the thinnest plectrum possible, and the thinnest size was one point five. You know, if if it was if we were designing it now, Matt, it would probably be like a five mil. I assume. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just actually having having a look. Um, so they actually do have a UK site now, 
Uh, large mm. section of Gravity Picks outside of the UK. Gravitypicks.co.uk. Um, I was looking at their website and then scrolling down. It's like Royal Mail. I'm like, what sort of pick is that? And then realised that's just that's <laughs> what you select for uh, postage. Yeah, I think if it was um, if it was me, I mean, I think their most popular is the Razor, which is their slightly right. pointy one, or the yeah. Sunrise, which is a bit more like their Jazz Three. Um, but yeah, I'd probably end up with some sort of three point five mil sort of chunky pick um but uh actually joe because you're you can you're going to guitar summit in a week's time you can go and say hello to the team at chicken picks i'm excited Um, about that i do like yeah i I am i'm looking i do like my chicken picks the uh the old 2.6s that i have can't wear them out you cannot wear them out. Well, well, you can, very, very slowly. Well, I did actually shatter one. I was using it to undo the uh, like the mic clip bit, you know, the bigger m- clip bit in a mic clip where you need it to oh, be a yeah. smaller. So I was trying to undo that, and it shattered the whole thing because, of course, it is very durable, but it's kind of like a porcelain-style material, so it sort of shatters, unlike plastic, which would sort of, I guess, bend. Um so yes, I have successfully shattered one, but uh, well, at least but you didn't are. shatter it using general guitar-based no, play. No, exactly. It was not. I, I was using it inappropriately, so uh, so that, that that's fine. It's still very good. I'll tell you what, I did actually. You know, after us talking about picks last week, I actually changed picks this week. I started using a new pick, so it's only been a week, so I can't really say that I've changed picks. But I started <laughs> using this new pick, and I'm like. Ah, oh, this is a lot of fun. It is very good. I'm I'm finding it very comfortable, and I really enjoy it. It's actually the Ernie Ball Prodigy. They do their shield plectrum, uh, a two mil shield plectrum. The shield plectrum, obviously, I guess that sort of shapes commonly associated with bass players. I'm using it on guitar. It's that you know. So I guess you could almost hold it any way round. Not quite. It, it it does have a shield shape rather than an equal triangle shape. But it's you know it's a larger, wider sort of affair. Mm. It's a great pick. I, unfortunately, I got it in like a. It was some sort of press pack of Ernie Prodigy picks, so it just had like, you know, like ten different single plectrums in it. So I've only got the one. So I think if 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 I get another week out of this one, I'm I'm gonna, I'm going to buy some more. Well, only ball if you're listening. Send send us man some picks. Um, I just I can't do it. I, we we won't talk about picks forever, but I think uh, to close this, I just can't do it. I'm just at that point now where I'm like, no, what, I'm just not going to change. I'm just not going to change. You're not going to change. You're happy. You're set. Chicken picks. Um, chicken picks for life. I did buy some jazz threes and then just was like because I used to use them all the time and then was just like no, just I'd like the chicken pick. I and don't I, know how anyone uses jazz threes without cutting up their thumb. Uh, I think um, everyone, (laughs) general statement here, I think everyone switched to Jazz 3s when everyone sort of realised that Guthrie, at one point, I remember when I was at BIM, that like, obviously, you know, the early part of YouTube and, you know, people seeing videos of like Guthrie shot on like crappy mobile phones. I think he was using a Jazz 3 and everyone was like, oh, obviously, you've got to have a Jazz 3. So I think everyone <laughs> just used Jazz 3s. And I do I feel jazz like the Jazz 3 is the snobs pick. It's, uh, it's the, it is the shredder's pick, realistically, mm-hmm. I think, because it's got a specific point. It's quite small. It allows for easy, flexible movement. I just don't know how anyone can use, like, a orange Dunlop, you know, like a point seventy three or a 66. What are you talking about? I, we, I just Tim, can't. I just Tim can't. uses point seventy three on a guitar strung up with 12s. Surely... 
there must be more tension hitting this like the amount the string the pick bends i'm like oh no. yeah oh no the guy snaps plectrums no it's uh it's not it's not for me not for me fair, give me a fair. give me a pick as thick as my thumb and we'll take it from there <laughs> i see i see fair enough okay well that's reasonable well you, you did mention matt it is guitar summit um later this week or next week later this week i feel like my flight is later this week my flight's in two days i mean according to the website yes guitar summit's three days away it's got a little counter on it well, on the minutes it's um do you know what we haven't really i i guess maybe i talked about it when i did it with uh boss in 2019 mm, we should tell people what guitar summit is yeah so guitar summit is i would I would hazard a guess at Europe's biggest um, guitar show. I think that's definitely its claim right now. Yeah. Although think- the damn website keeps defaulting into German, so I can't read anything. Oh, well, <laughs> just, you know, just a, it's only a couple of clicks to change. But yeah, no, um, Frankfurt Music Messer for a long time. When I started at Roland, for example, Frankfurt Music Messer was like the biggest. Um, and I think it, it gradually kind of lost its traction and disappeared a few um a few years ago and i think guitar summit sort of is still relatively unknown despite the fact that heavy saurus are playing um <laughs> the band that play heavy metal all dressed as dinosaurs um Perfect. there's loads of, there's actually loads of great guitar players um gonna be there i mean but yeah it's it's a really wise. big it's a really big festival yeah, figures-wise, 10,000-plus visitors, 7-plus stages, 500-plus exhibitors and brands, and 100-plus workshops and concerts. Although I will I will say, where they've said visitors 10,000-plus, they've actually used a dot, not a comma, between the 10 and the three zeros. So that a- could be 10 visitors <laughs> i think it's it's the european uh way of uh oh, is of that right writing numbers yeah no, they use dots not commas um but yeah i think there's quite a lot of people there um obviously regulars that we know people like pete thorne chris buck tom quayle hmm. um martin miller sarah longfield you know yeah. lots of the lots of the big uh, players out there on the YouTube, as well did, as a lot of other great players as well. I did go to Artist 2022 and scrolled through. I went to both B for Branton and G for Guitar Nerds, and, and uh, I am not there. Uh, it is, you know, shocking, Joe. Absolutely shocking that yeah. you're not listed just under every letter. <laughs> you know, A, B, C. Um but no, it's it's a really good show. So when I went in 2019, it's like three floors. There's loads of booths there. It's noisy, but not too noisy. It's they have a quiet floor. Yeah, they have a quiet. If I remember, they have a quiet floor. Um, yeah, there's some really good masterclasses. There's loads of great stuff there. Loads of really nice people. Uh, German people are really nice. Yeah, you know, uh, I love Germany. Uh, the food's amazing, Joe. You. I can't nice eat. Struggle oh, oh, no. oh, oh yeah, Mannheim. Vegan. Like I can, I can eat in Berlin. Outside of that, a nation that's literally built itself on on like bratwurst sausage <laughs> is uh, is is maybe not my best friend as a vegan. I so, would um, no. Pack- it's, as soon as I'm outside of Berlin, I can't eat. You can anything. you can eat some chips. Um, yeah, chips and salad. You chips know, and fine. salad. Um, but yeah, it's a really good show. Uh, to be honest, it's sort of with everything going on, I'd sort of. It slightly passed me by as well, which is a shame because actually I would have liked to have just 
uh, gone and had a wander around, especially with you, Joe, and, and come and hang out. But loads oh, of great yeah. brands there. Uh, you'll see a lot of interesting stuff. You see a lot of smaller brands. And to be honest, I would say the best show that you can go to outside of Nam in Europe. Obviously, I don't know what other shows are like in the US, but in Europe, it's probably well i mean it is the biggest and there's a load of cool stuff to see and you get to have a little holiday in germany look i can i completely agree it's actually something that's a bit unique a bit different you know because we're all so used to nam and also you know with the quarantine lockdowns i don't know flights being super expensive like all of that stuff it, it makes it harder for anyone this side of the pond to even want to go to nam especially mm. when mm. so many major bands brands have ducked out of nam and then i sort of look at the guitar summit list and i tell you what my, my honest thing is i was told a couple of months ago like uh, ashdown were like oh joe do you want to come to guitar summit with us well they didn't really say that they were like joe here's your ticket to guitar summit i was like oh i guess i'd going to germany for that then that's cool <laughs> but i didn't really think anything about it and i've never been and i just thought of it as another small european festival guitar event i've been to loads of them you know they're small they're one stage and there's maybe three mm. sorry one hall there's maybe three big brands and the rest of them are tiny little luthiers and people that make pedals in their garage but this is nothing of the sort. I had no idea really until last week when I was like, I probably should do some research into this, how big it is and how good it is. I'm really excited about this. This is Nam away from Nam. This is Absolutely. like a, a big proper event where I'm going to get to see, like, like I was flicking through the guitar brands. Like there were, there were people that I really want to see on the small side of things as well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you were talking about uh, before we started about uh, Grouter effects. Grouter effects. Yeah. I, I'd be great to see them again. I never get to see them. Um, and they're, you know, really awesome and interesting. And, yeah, there are, there are lo loads of other stuff, though. It's like, you know, Alexander effects are going to be there. Um, I, can't, I, can't, I can't think of any off the top of well, my head. Well, I think um, one brand that um, I've sort of seen popping up here and there, which not talked about really on the podcast is, and they've been around for a while now, is Daredevil Effects. Oh, yeah. They're worth checking out. Uh, I'm just kind of going, I mean, Hamsterdall. I really like Daredevil Effects, actually. I, I'd be very interested to meet those guys. Uh, Harmony. Uh, always be good to see if there's anything coming from Harmony, and we obviously know those guys. Uh, or those people really, really well. So that would be definitely good to see. For me, there's a really good base representation. There are a lot of small brands, Degear, yep. Franz, people like that, like cool, small brands, but also some uh, relatively new upcoming Eastern guitar brands like FGN. Mm -hmm. are going to be there um and jet you know those are those are companies i want to you know i want to speak yeah. to i think you'll see a lot of um i remember there was um a lot of you know kind of small brands i think there was like a boutique room as well so you can see some crazy expensive stuff um you know there's going to be loads of cool stuff that you would have never seen that's definitely going to be good to see i would say um i can't remember what the nightlife is like um not not amazing um but uh, i'm I mean, sure you'll find, find find me somewhere that sells stuff you know it's yeah it's fine. It's, uh, oh you, you can go and say hi to the guys at nick huber that would be uh you can go and say hi on my behalf oh, i will um I will. And, I, uh, i'm concerned about that because i don't want to get talked into buying something i feel like oh joe you will definitely oh no i'm gonna buy something definitely buy something i'm gonna buy something at, at this event i just you know i it would be great 
if it wasn't three or four grand you know the, the problem is just going to be when they meet me in the afternoon how many beers in am i uh, so <laughs> I, I i hope i purchase something before i'm too drunk because otherwise i'm going to spend way too much money ah uh, so right joe just put it on the credit card and worry about <laughs> it later <laughs> i um, shall i mean i will do that in any case but you know i'm gonna buy a jet i think i'll buy it well no actually jet are sending us some stuff next week so don't buy a jet joe jet are sending you stuff yeah that's fine yeah well uh good luck on uh, and report back um next week i'm i'm keen to i'm keen to see lots of pictures as well while you're while you're out there oh yeah um while you're still sober but yeah definitely a bunch of brands that um would have liked to have been there i'm 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 jealous joe I'm, i definitely would like to been there and next year we'll have to make a uh we'll have to make a thing of it a little guitar nerds adventure it's Indeed. a good time of year for a festival, you know. It's sort of, you know. Yeah, and the weather should be um, pretty good. In fact, there's one, there's, yeah, there's, I'm looking, there's some brands here that I'm like, oh man, I want to see those. Like who? Like who? Uh, well, so. I'm Torch, still making my list. I need, Torch I need Guitars, to know. who we've talked about before, they make these kind of, I guess they're kind of uh, S&T style guitars that uh, tend to be like a, more unique than they've got things like, I think they had a guitar that was like pear wood was their body but they're more rounded and and curved amazing guitars i think that one's called the sick i want to say it's called the six six five deluxe right um i think is that the telly yes it is so it's like a t style guitar with you know more rounded cutaways um most of them's custom obviously you can pick different custom specs but like humbucker in the neck uh bridge pickup uh on an angle so kind of yeah very much t style just really cool that's the 665 uh i think do they make a bass i don't know if they make a bass uh but yeah check out those torch guitars t-a-u-s-c-h um and also who is the other brand that i just saw oh of course we have to say you have to say hello to vor and seiku guitars if i pronounced oh, that correctly absolutely um still still saving for that pink uh baritone um he's had some amazing guitars and uh oh. gutted i won't see it my my finish friend uh at this event and i'll he drop very him an email. good i'll drop he's... him an email after this <laughs> He's very good. Oh, yeah. Like, I sort of, you know, like, we got chatting, you know, a couple of years ago, and I was like, yeah, I really do want one of these bases, but I've ordered so much stuff in the short term, and every now and again, he messaged me, and he's like, you know, you should place that order. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop messaging me. I need to hold on to my money for at least a short space of time. But Yes, I, a very I short do. space of time. Um, but, yeah, again, great guitars. Um, definitely uh, gutted to not be there and uh, and play a couple, but uh, yeah, yeah, maybe next time, maybe next time. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I'm gonna find find a cool pedal, but there are so many brands. Like, I'm I'm very impressed. So go yeah. with an open mind and an open wallet and see That's what happens. Exactly what I intend to do. I've been uh, I've been paying off a credit card for the last year, like quite large chunks. And sort of just working that into my monthly. And the other day, I sort of checked the balance. and I was like, oh, all of a sudden... <laughs> Time to top that one back up Yeah, again. I've got loads of money on this one now. So, you know, so it's a perfect, perfect timing, really. Perfect excuse. Um, exactly. So we'll see. So, but yes, Guitar Summit. Dear listener, I will keep you all updated on the various Guitar Nerd social medias when it's happening. I thoroughly um, suggest that you follow... The show, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be honest, I am sorry, US listeners. 
It looks better than Nam. It looks better than Nam did this year. That's for just sure. Just a little bit more European. Oh, I guess maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe maybe I'm sort of maybe I'm feeling a bit done with guitars that are themed after gas pumps. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, the, yes, it's it's fine. It's fine. Uh, anyway, anyway, so that's Guitar Summit. Um, yeah, we'll keep you updated. Um, let's uh, oh I, I tell you what i tell you what before um before we go into any other stuff like what's in our watch list or um any of the other things we we're going to talk about there's some cool stuff happening with brands this year matt i i turned up at band practice uh this week <laughs> and my drummer was like oh joe is this yours you gave it to me to, for so that i could do like reverb on a snare for some dance thing uh, uh, the dance project i was doing like three years ago and i forgot i had it and uh, and what he gave back to me was the Earthquaker Devices Transmitter Resonant Reverberator. Oh, Joe, I remember sending that back to you because I'd had it for ages <laughs> and I was like, I probably should send some of these pedals back to Joe because I thought we had to give it back. And turns out you're just giving it to someone else. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Um, and actually, I... Um, obviously uh to listeners uh we we put together a little bit of a script or, or i say a script a few guiding points and joe put this on here and i was like oh yeah can read about that again they're even discontinued joe they're what you know, they're this discontinued. is um this they go, is you know that's, they go for that's like 300 rare, quid i should sell one yeah that's a that's a rare pedal right there in fact pedal prices uh, just on a side note, pedal prices at the moment are through the roof on the second-hand market, especially really? uh, on Full Tone, as I think we announced a couple of weeks ago that uh, Full Tone are closing its doors. Uh, I think every Full Tone pedal in existence on places like Reverb and eBay have just like quintupled wow. in value because everyone's yeah, like, oh, yeah. you know, can't buy them anymore. Um, but yeah, interestingly, and this is actually goes to show how amazing some of these brands like earthquaker jhs uh are in terms of the amount they've released but also stuff they've you don't think about someone like earthquaker of having discontinued a lot of pedals you just think oh no all their pedals exist but actually if you go to legacy products a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
on um on earthquakers here's a few things that we've talked about before that have that are in fact discontinued uh which some of these really surprised me so the transmitter uh didn't didn't realize that had gone um obviously the life pedal was um the kind of limited yeah. edition sano pedal but the spires which was their dual fuzz wow um the pitch bay which was their polyphonic harmonizer uh, that's gone the space spiral which i think you've also got joe we, which is we the got modulated. that at the same time didn't we we got we the did. transmitter and the space spiral at the same time yeah um the uh interstellar orbiter which is their dual resonant filter the gray channel um which was their dynamic really the gray channel was gone yeah uh the dunes which was their kind of mini overdrive the eruptor which was their one knob fuzz um what else have we talked about the bows i think that was their germanium preamp wow uh the chrysalis which was is kind of i think was their kind of tube screamery type thing uh black ash that was a limited edition fuzz pedal i think the bellows which was their two knob fuzz yeah so quite a lot you know and that's i'm you know picking and choosing here but yeah i would say you know about 30 odd products that are outside of uh, there are big old brands now there are big old brands really are earthquake devices really are gone from being um, like a little boutique brand to being one of the little boutique brands to just being i don't know if that's because companies have moved beneath them or if they've moved up but they i feel like i feel like they're alongside jhs now yeah i think they're you know as big as you can be without you know this sounds awful um as big as you can be without being <laughs> boss you know with, uh, or, or, or yamaha MXR. Or, or, or mxr or someone you know yeah it's, it. i was talking to someone the other day and it's you know boss compact sales at like 17 million but then again we've Good been Lord. in business for 50 years as roland you know 40 yeah. plus years so you yeah. know and how long have you know earthquaker have been going now for 15 years you well know. that's it i remember yeah i've mentioned this before dear listener on the podcast but i remember the first time i even heard the name earthquaker devices was on a rig rundown for uh for juan odorete when he was on the nocturnicate tour for the mars volta mm. which when was that what like 2006 yeah 2006 like. seven um but yeah and you know even now they've got so many great pedals in there in our lineup but that transmitter um and the space barrel awesome pedals that transmitter is yeah as you said a resonant reverberator so yeah for listeners who don't know uh it is a um this is the description i'll just read you the earthquake devices description what's up space rangers the transmitter is a modulated reverb with extra long decay fed to a highly resonant filter. It is the sonic recreation of blowing your signal to bits, shooting it through a black hole and then beaming it back down on a cloud of car. I hate all this shit. So, so many brands do this. I'm, I'm not into it. I just want you to tell me what the pedal does. It's a reverb pedal with a long uh, decay and a vibrato. That's that's it, right? <laughs> it sounds so boring when you say it like that, Joe. <laughs> that's um, true. But no, it 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 does something, or it did something because you're gonna have to buy one secondhand. But very very different to um, to your everyday reverb, I guess is what, what I would say. You can get it to sound normal, but certainly if you want it to get sound sort of weird and do something a bit different, bit noisy, very cool. And yeah, apparently you can use it on uh, snare drums for 
some sort of weird dance track and then forget to give it back to the person who lent it to you. <laughs> literally, literally. It's got an expression out as well. I like a reverb pedal that's got, you know, some additional controls. I think the expression out controls the frequency. So you're kind of like the, I guess you're manually phasing the, mm. the pedal. But I, I could be I could be wrong on that. Um, nonetheless, it's a very cool pedal. I might record some stuff and play it to you, dear listeners, uh, maybe on our Instagram next week. So uh, keep your ears peeled. But it's a very, very good pedal. Um, I, I've, I've really enjoyed plugging it in again when I got it back. And uh, I've been thoroughly impressed by a pedal that I totally forgot I owned. Yeah. Owned. <laughs> and uh, it's a shame that it's discontinued. But, uh, you know, now, now you've got it, Joe, you have to hold on to it. <laughs> and there you go. I mean, they're going for two nine nine second hand. So, uh, yeah, maybe I will. Yeah, it's a, it is a great, it's a great, you know, again, if you want something a bit different, just a nice one to, uh, in fact, you know, um, the kind of leading into that and talking about Earthquaker, uh, they do a series on YouTube called Cherish Your Junk and they do a bunch of um, yes. artist interviews. They did, uh, Nick Reinhardt was the one um, sort of this week. Yeah, uh, and yeah I think he's, holding, filmed- he's holding like 50 Fender um, uh, Super Supersonics. Sonics. Yeah, <laughs> they're just, uh, but you know, it's, He's kind of, you know, he does say something in there, which is, you know, you're not going to plug them all in at once, but, you know, if you just want to experiment and grab a few pedals and plug stuff in, have stuff on the shelf, I think that's what it's all about, really. Um, you know, sometimes I've certainly felt guilty. I'm like, oh, I haven't, I've got to plug all my pedals in at some point, you know. But it's just nice to be able to go, oh, I'm just going to plug a few things in and see what happens, you know, create something different every day, as it were. And I definitely think that's a good one to grab if you want something that's a bit weird and wonderful yeah absolutely i I thoroughly thoroughly agree um now let's uh should we carry on and talk about another pedal brands that are doing something exciting not not quite hitting the the 50 years of uh of roland and boss or the 15 years even of earthquake devices but five years the company i'm talking about is game changer audio pre you know First year, nameless. They were just plus pedal, but, you know, game changer audio. They're having their fifth year anniversary and they've been doing giveaways, discounts. There's a sale on on their web store at the at the moment. And uh, I guess I just wanted to use their anniversary as an excuse to talk about some of the absolutely amazing stuff that they produce. And I kind of think like even though they've not made a whole bunch of pedals in the five years they've been around, like maybe a pedal a year, there's so much R&D that goes into their stuff. And I just wonder where the pedal world would be without Game Changer. Um, I think if... Uh, sorry, I realised I just cut you off there, Matt. No, uh, I, I, was, I was just going to say, they literally have changed the game, <laughs> I think, in terms, of, <laughs> in terms of pedal design. And, you know, this is not because it's easy, but, you know, I think a lot of the pedals that lots of people learn electronics and there's simple circuit designs and infinite ways that you can tweak guitar pedals and make it your own as a manufacturer. But they have, I I would go to say that everything they do is just not off the shelf. It's not like they've gone, here's our, here's our tube screamer or here's our clon or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that because I think every builder, everyone into circuits and electronics will have their own way of doing it and that creates their own sound. But you know, their first pedal, that the the plus pedal, you know, their infinite sustainer was just done totally different to how electroharmonics had done it with the freeze earlier. Yeah, or yeah. you know, when they came out with um the plasma pedal, it's like, 
you know, not just going, oh, we're going to create a fuzz pedal and it's going to go through these transistors. You know, they're like, no, we're going to run it through like gas and a use lightning bolt. A, a, you know, three and a half thousand volts. You know, it's just, I think it's amazing that they've they've gone, let's not do stuff by the book in the sense we need to yeah. do stuff that's going to sell. We're going to do what we want to make because we're moving technology forward well that's it that's my my takeaway from game changer audio is that every every pedal brand is looking for an edge because there are so many of them these days they're looking for a thing that defines them um you know whether that's thorpey effects with unique chassis and just insane attention to detail origin effects i guess go for a similar sort of built like a tank this is a premium product but maybe slightly uh, different from Thorpey theirs are very much like recreations of things whereas I think Thorpey looks forward a bit more mm-hmm. um, even though his stuff is vintage inspired but you know or or you take someone like um, Old Blood Noise Endeavours where they're like here's something quirky with some great artwork that's their edge everyone has an edge mm. Game Changers is the toughest edge of all their edge is Every pedal we make will reinvent the wheel. How mm. do you do that and not make your company a gimmick? Because the thing is, they have successfully not made their company a gimmick. That lightning bolt isn't a gimmick. It makes that pedal sound different from everything else and not in a bad way. It sounds fantastic. You know, the plus pedal was, a, as you said, like a totally unique thing. But it was like the fact that it's on a piano pedal makes it feel gimmicky. The fact that there's a lightning bolt makes that feel gimmicky. Or the light pedal, their reverb, the fact that it works with, you know, with light being available and not available, that makes it a gimmick. But they back up those gimmicks with sonic brilliance absolutely so hard yeah and of course their most recent one the bixby pedal in in collaboration with bixby which is a polyphonic pitch shifter with a bixby tremolo arm to control it it's just like you know like you say it could be a gimmick but actually it's backed up with you know real engineering and and design and attention to detail yeah and I think that's um, that's what's so great about it. And and I remember, you know, meeting the team for the first time at NAM 2017, and they were on their friend's booth who like imported trumpets into Latvia or something, and and they basically had that pedal and amp, and and that was the talk of the the guitar world. That that NAM, everyone was yeah. just like, that's the pedal you've got to go and see. And and yeah, it was. Um, and they've tried to recreate that with every pedal, but I guess the thing is. They haven't failed, and they probably should have. You know, like they, they, like the chances were, if you're gonna make your first pedal based on something that's such a gimmick that it's a piano pedal that does the same thing as a piano sustain pedal, but does it for guitar. Mm. If it's gonna be such a gimmick, you shouldn't be able to get that right a second time. But they got it right a second time, yeah. and a third time, and a fourth time, and a fifth time, I and they're think- also very cool. Like they wear black suits, they wear reservoir dog suits for all their demos, and <laughs> yeah, they wear those reservoir dog suits at, the, at all trade shows as well, and that makes them the coolest people alive. Indeed, and I think um, you know, won't we won't give the whole story. Um, definitely head over to gamechangeraudio.com. Um, but there's a nice sort of like beginning, uh, you know, story. The fact that um. It was Music Radar who said NAM 2017 has the plus pedal piano sustain 
piano style sustain one nan before it started despite <laughs> having minimal visibility at the show zero media contacts and no industry experience the plus pedal quickly finds its way onto the nam spotlight music radar and anderson's tv among the first to recognize the plus pedal a huge wave of pre-order starts rolling in they all went home and quit their jobs and decided to work on the plus pedal full time. Amazing! It's so, that is um, the best story ever. That's that's so wholesome. And um, you know, so many people work for that um, work for that company. They've employed so many great engineers, and you know, you look at some of the pictures in the manufacturing now. It's uh, absolutely um, amazing. You Do know, you own so any game changer audio? Pedals, well, Matt? Joe, yes, um, I actually have a couple of. I say machine engraved personalized game changer pedals. Um, I have forgotten that that is true. I have no memory yeah. of you telling me that. Um, so I have a sustain. I think the sustain pedal is normal, the plus pedal. You but the, the plus, plus pedal, pedal, the plus pedal is engraved with my name on God it. Damn it! I've got uh, a plus and pedal. A, and a thanks. Um, but those guys are amazing, and uh, yeah, long, long may their reign of weirdness continue <laughs> I, I do actually think the plus pedal is one of few pedals that would ever that i'd ever even consider taking off my guitar pedal board uh it's the it's one that stays true no matter how many how how many times i change other things but i guess that's probably because there is no alternative <laughs> to that pedal exactly i mean you could buy a freeze maybe or Electromonic super ego or something like that but I, I just think the way it does it it's a much more musical way of approaching that like sustaining a guitar sound is nothing new and, and lots of people are probably inspired by the kind of pink floyd shine on your crazy diamond thing you know where you know dave gilmore's like freezing a note and playing over the top of it um and it's just kind of made it easy for people to do that in a really musical way and, and find their own own sounds. And I think that's always the great thing is when you stumble upon something, you make something that just makes it easy to make music on. Absolutely. It's, you know, so um, I think that's been their, their success. It's, it's, you know, you can plug it in and it just works and it yeah. sounds cool, you know, and there's no real knobs on it or much to change and everything you twiddle doesn't necessarily make it sound bad you know it just gives you a different way of, of creating the sound so yeah they've really did well from 2017 to now it's um it's been an, an epic journey for them no no doubt it has indeed and dear listener if you do want to check out their their sale they're doing 20 percent off on selected items the selected items are not the plus pedal <laughs> so the light pedal the plasma pedal and the third man plasma pedal which is the jack white signature version of the plasma coil fuzz i have to say i do think that's like testament and and it is different you've got more options on the on the third man um uh plasma coil is, is different from the normal plasma pedal but um uh i i will say if you're gonna make a fuzz and you want someone to endorse it surely if jack white is getting behind your pedal and it's Absolutely. a fuzz pedal then it's a good fuzz pedal that man is the god of fuzz so uh you know they're they're there so so yeah there's like 20 percent off so you know Instead of like 250 euros, it's like 197 euros for the plasma pedal. Instead of 313 for the light pedal, it's 250 euros. The third man is down to 231 euros. 
I know those are premium prices for a pedal, but what you're what you're getting is a game changer audio pedal. They, you know, you never need to sell it or replace it. They are absolutely brilliant. Indeed, indeed, indeed. But there they are. There they are. So let's uh, let's take a look, Matt, at what's in our watch lists this week. Uh, we said we'd we'd maybe do just one thing. Um, well, um, or should we do? It's both? up to you, Joe. I mean, mine's. Um, we're we're quite pedal heavy, so mine's just mine's nothing sort of mine's not as unique as yours, should okay, I say? Okay. It's just something well, I've picked out on. So let's let's lead lead with mine then, just to change us from pedals for a minute, and then I, I do want to talk about yours because yours looks wild. So, dear listener, each week me and Matt are picking something from our eBay or Reverb or somewhere else our, our watch list of some form to let you know. Uh, a particular deal or something that we found that we think is especially cool. Obviously, they're more than likely to come out of our personal tastes. And of course, what do I love more than, um, you know, some random Japanese, Italian, maybe, uh, or even English, uh, random guitar from the 60s. Uh, a proper piece of old heritage that just because it doesn't say Gibson or Fender on the headstock or, or Gretsch, um, the guitar from that era, era seems to have picked up no value whatsoever, despite being fantastic. This week, Mark Packham sent me a, uh, a little link to an Egmond um, bass. And it was like, this is right up your street. It was like a double cut version of an ES-175 bass. I was like, this is fantastic. It was sub 500 quid. Amazing. But it got me thinking. I had no idea what Eggman was. Um, And it it seems they are a Rossetti uh, brand over for the UK. So I just tapped Eggman into Reverb. And my goodness, did I get some fantastic results. (laughs) Including this Rossetti Eggman Lion 1960 sunburst double cut guitar so i'm not talking about bass here dear listener don't worry you don't have to tune out but um this is a yeah like a i guess the the guitar isn't es175 thick it's uh you know it's 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 a little it's it's somewhere between uh gibson 330 and and 175 yeah i think it's kind of um yeah, was there a one seven five T or like a one two five T? Yeah, something kind of like, like that. Thin, but it's it's slightly arched. I think it's slightly arched. It's difficult it, it to tell. It is arched. Yeah, it looks from arched, the photo. But um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a double cutaway, but the horns are sharp. They're aggressive, like an SG or a one seven five. You've got that hard point, which I always think is the most gorgeous looking type of guitar horn especially on a hollow body and especially when double cut then you come to the pickups and you've got these sort of i think they are actually single coils because there was no standardization in the 60s but they're oversized they look like p90s but they're chrome completely chrome you've got the most wonderfully simple bridge and bigsby style vibrato but with a completely straight vibrato arm dear listener which i would say looks absolutely fantastic of course classic three-tone sunburst two volumes two tone f holes and then you've got this gorgeous almost teardrop um scratch plate with a second scratch plate and of course the scratch plate is raised because it's you know that es175 style hollow body and then underneath that you've got a separate scratch plate mounted into the body with the pickup selector 
attached. So sort of almost two two tiers of mint or maybe parchment. I think it's parchment um, uh, scratch plate there. This thing is gorgeous. Okay, the one criticism is, of course, it's a bolt-on. I know, I know, it's the 60s, so it's fine. Got to make it cheap. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But this is an insanely cool-looking guitar from the 1960s, and it's £630, with, wonderfully, £6 shipping. <laughs> yeah, I, um, do you know what this reminds me of? And, and listeners may be familiar with this guitar or not. It's a kind of, not necessarily a rarity, um, but it's the Bernie Kessel Gibson. Um, so Bernie Kessel was a kind of really you know, top of his game jazz guitarist in the 60s, um, kind of uh, that people called him sort of like the successor to the throne of like Charlie Christian, who was in, you know, big jazz in the 40s and 50s. Um, and that was very much a exactly what you're describing. So an arch top, not overly thick, um, double cut, sharp horn, 175. Um I guess they called it, do they call it the Florentine cutaway when you had the sharp cutaway? So imagine that in the lower horn, but doubled um, for both. That came out in 1962. Oh my God, I'm looking at the Barney Kessel now. So I'd imagine I've never seen this before. This is my dream guitar. So I think that I would imagine, because I can't be certain, like we can't ask Rosetti either, um, that that guitar was probably some sort of direct uh i think bernie Ber- was as well was just reading barney barney sorry uh was playing um k guitars before that so i'd imagine again probably not too many people could get gibson you know there was a good chance to do something slightly different um and i mean the k guitar it the, the Barney Castle k guitar is very very different to the the gibson that he ended up um doing but i would imagine that this rosetti was probably some sort of direct response can't say that for certain but it certainly looks that way okay i absolutely need to get a barney castle this is the coolest thing i have ever seen um it looks like there are lots of copies of this i just found a 1970s lawsuit ear kasuga barney kessel for 350 pounds on ebay um i will say that the imitation looks l- limited in its goodness. It doesn't look very good. But there is that I have found a vintage 1970s lawsuit era Angelica Barney Kessel, which does wow. look a lot better. Um, much more reasonable. £750 on eBay right now. I think um, going back to this Rosetti, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like you could play it and it could be dead cool, or you could get it and it could just be absolute trash i know um it's, I, know. It's, I know it, that's the risk it's it's one of those things that you could buy and yeah the, no matter how well you tweak that it will only ever look good hanging on a wall yeah. in a 60s themed bar um which is a shame because it's definitely cool and, and i think there was a lot of great guitars around that point where people couldn't afford gibson's fenders and things like that and and these came out of demand. Well, they just weren't here. They just weren't this side yeah. of the pond, you know? You know, so um, definitely cool. But I think the pr- probably a lot of issues with those kind of guitars is they haven't been as well looked after as yeah. maybe Gibson or, or Fenders or things like that. I know. Um, so, 
It's the yeah, downside. It's, it's a risk, Joe. It's a risk. <laughs> But it's only a five hundred pound risk. I, I'm actually surprised um, you didn't pick up on on this. I don't know if this ended up in our private chat or not. Um, but just a kind of uh, find of the week, almost. Uh, I always like when Reverb do this find of the week. Uh, Fender Precision Bass Rare Slab Body John Entwistle 1966 <laughs> White, at a, a yes. staggering forty two thousand pounds. Yeah, there's like one of only twenty five. That's correct. Yeah, one of only yeah. twenty five that were made specifically uh, by Fender for John Entwistle. So fifty one slab body, dear listener. So no cutaways on the on the Precision Bass at all, but fifty seven spec. So you've got the, you know, the the modern headstock, as it were, and of course the split P pickup, and it was done in Olympic white with a black scratch. So it looks absolutely incredible. Mm. Believe it or not, I actually, uh, I actually have specced up and waiting in. Uh, I'm in a queue for um, classic and cool guitars. They do. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, I, I've I've specced up exactly this Entwistle model with them, uh, which is sub a thousand pounds from them i appreciate it's just you know they're using just you know parts and building something but of course fender have never even though it's it's a flipping john emerson signature you'd think fender would be like oh maybe people might want a signature model of you know one of the most important bass players of all time but all fender care about is uh making mustangs for kids these days but anyway (laughs) (laughs) i am it sort of reminds me of the and I loved this guitar, this this bass actually, when we when we had it in uh, Gak at one point, Joe. The uh, Dusty Hill Gold Top P bass. Oh, what a bass! Um, that thing was absolutely killer. Uh, so that was a, I think the same thing, right? Slab body P bass, but well, just one it, pickup. It was a fifty-one, so it had this. It had the single coil pickup, yes. which is what he he uses. Um, but he had a jazz bass neck cut onto it, so it was super thin, still with the old 51 headstock, so the telly-style headstock deal. But deal, in reverse. Was it in reverse as it well? Was, oh, God. It was. Um, <laughs> so metal. cool. Only a man with a beard like that could uh, yeah. could play a bass as cool as that. I think they also ended up doing a signature Baracha bass as well, I think, at one point. Maybe. Um, the Baracha being the upside down jazz master. So actually, one. so what we do, I tell you what, you you've you've segued quite nicely, Matt Knight, into into more of my watch list. Uh, <laughs> on, <laughs> on give us one more give us one more thing then, Joe. Come on. What else so, is on that list? So it's actually just you mentioning the Baratcha. I always keep an eye out for the Fender Pawn Shop Reverse Jaguar Bass. Oh. So this was the upside-down Jaguar reverse headstock, maple neck, black body. It had the Cabernita-style sort of one-sided... I think it was a mint, or maybe it was just a white, or maybe it was parchment, scratch plate. Um, uh, And two eight-poles, so two big Music Man Stingray-style humbuckers in there. Um, They come up for not a lot of money. I've got two in my watch list at the moment, one for 720 one for 800 quid the the guy uh char- charging 720 actually gave me an offer of 650 the other week which i am thinking about um but yeah they're, they're fantastic bases and of course that whole baracha cabernita thing it, it for me personally i know this isn't correct dear listener i am aware that my opinions don't line up with the rest of the world but 
if Fender just made everything look like this, the Cabernet Herbaracha stuff, I would be in. I um, Fender would be the best. I forgot about this. That is that is a very very cool bass. Wait, wait. Talk me into it, Matt, because I've been I've, I've had my I, hand over the. Joe, over the I now. would I would absolutely you know six hundred fifty quid. Um, it's not bad, right? It's not I, bad. I think that is. I'm looking at it now, going. Yeah, I remember when we had the custom shop um, Baracha guitar. Uh, was it Baracha? Yeah, I, I remember. Um, and I love that thing. I thought it, it was... It had a Fidelitron um, in the bridge, right? It that did, was it. a single one. Um, you couldn't really pay past the uh, the 15th fret. And in fact, if you Google it, the first thing that came up was the demo video that we shot. I'm not in it, but uh, Lewis, who was at the shop at the time. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah. Um, and no one bought it. Everyone hated it. It was limited one third. It was expensive. Yeah. Um but very, very cool. And then we did some, um, I think there were some cheaper ones. But it's got me thinking, Joe, about the whole, and maybe we should do this in a separate episode, but the Fender Pawn Shop series, that original series. People have forgotten about them. Um, there was some good stuff in there. Yeah, there was some really good stuff now. in there. 2012, I think that was first introduced. Oh. Um Well, yeah, I mean, both of the uh, Pawn Shop series reverse jags that I've got in my... In my watch list, there are a 2012 and a 2013. Yeah, so I think here, Fender introduces Pawn Shop Series guitar, March 31st, 2011. Wow. Um, so the 51, which is their strap that looked that had a Teddy control plate with a no, that was bridge bad. humbucker. Um, the similar guitar-shaped strap with the wide range and the f-holes and the teddy plate is that good um, i can't remember mm, very weird very yeah, weird they weird, also had the weird. mustang with the two wide range humbuckers in yeah i, I do, I, the, do feel, I think they were the original ones i'm trying to think what else came out in that series i feel like at that point in time fender made good stuff by accident like that pawn shop stuff was like here's a lot of weird stuff and it was like have any of you thought about what might be tasteful in this style and i don't think fender ever did they just accidentally made a couple of tasteful ones and the rest of them were awful um, uh, yeah i think well we had to do some they had to do some weird stuff didn't they you know i guess um, so uh, yes yeah, so, i mean i do you know if fender had never done a weird thing i'd be on this podcast being like fender is so boring. well and then and then obviously they're sort of gone and then they did parallel universe and you know i think it's so difficult isn't it to if you've been a company for 50 60 years to then be like Oh, but we want to do a different shape now. You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, really difficult. Um, but yeah, they did a base six. They they had. Um, oh yeah, the pawn shop base six was the first base six. That in fact started the base six trend. You've got to remember that Squire Vint Mod or Squire Classic Vibe as it is now didn't exist back then. Before um, pawn shop base six, you could not get a base six. The only way you could get a base six was custom shop. Or to buy a 60s one. So you're looking at, at the time, two and a half grand for a custom shop, because it was in the early 2000s, or, you know, four, five, six, seven, mm. ten grand for for a vintage one. And, and then, now all of us, like most people, have a basics on their rack because it costs 200 quid. <laughs> yeah. And then um, in that series as well was the mustang base which had the big wide range humbucker in the bridge and the racing yeah. stripe yeah they're probably the most perfect base ever made yeah by fender um, yeah that was, was that similar nice. to the mikey way 
It was kind of, it was in, definitely inspired by the Mikey Way. The Mikey Way um, Mustang base was large silver flake. It had a soap bar, but like almost uh, like a Bartolini-style soap bar yes. in the middle of the body. And it had a black um, speed stripe, black match, uh, black headstock, which is very, very cool. But the uh, the pawn oh, shop was... Pawn shop was non-matching headstock, but um, they did some great things because they did something like um, it was like pearl white. Was it pearl white or was it Olympic white? I feel like there was a pearl in the Olympic white and the speed stripe was Lake Placid Blue and it was a wide range humbucker. So it was, you know, a chrome pickup rather than a silly black one like in the Mikey way. Yeah. Uh, a very cool guitar. And actually, you know, I keep an eye out for those on Reverb and eBay. You never see them. And never seeing an, an, a discontinued instrument on the, in the secondhand marketplace, that is a sign of a great instrument, you know. Yeah. And um, you've got me going down the route of cool stuff that <laughs> does isn't made anymore. And I'm trying to remember, and I won't Google it on the podcast now, but I'm trying to remember that Gretsch guitar that they did that, that was, you owned yes what model was it can you remember that it, had the three f- it was it was the fallout boy signature model ah oh, that's it what's his name who's the um Gretsch fallout boy fallout fallout filtertron no fallout boy what's the it, dude's name uh stump matic stump Matt patrick stump was his name stump um, Matt, how much did you pay for yours? Because they go for a thousand pounds. Oh no, do they? Uh, they were well. Story uh, for the podcast then. So no one bought them. I think they were. No. Well, it was an electromatic. They were an electromatic. They no one bought them. They... I can't believe I'm looking at an electromatic that is a thousand pounds. That one looks. That one looks new though, doesn't it? But they they did one that basically no one bought they i think they basically went out at like no money and then uh, I, I remember I they, I were paid, at, at, at they were bargain basement they were bargain basement and i paid yeah like a few hundred quid for yeah. it I, guess. I i do think i remember us doing like a gack sale at like 300 pounds like to punters <laughs> yeah I for think, the um, it was like we've got 20 of these and we need the space now it got to yeah, that it, point it was like um the one that always the the one of the ones that always haunts me was the Marshall JTM one, the offset one. So it was like based on the very first Marshall. So the panels not in the middle and stuff, and it was the little head and the cab, and it sounded amazing. And we had one, and I think Marshall couldn't sell them, and ours was up at like three nine nine, and oh. it sold. I was like plugged it in, I was like right, I got to buy it, and then someone was like, no, I've already sold it, and I'm like. <laughs> my, uh, I was gutted. That that thing was amazing. Um, my yeah. horror story with the stuff that went for no money that shouldn't have shouldn't have at GAC was um, the uh, Omar Rodriguez Lopez, the Ibanez, oh, the ORM one. ORM one. We had we had one of those, and it was left handed. So uh, uh, Omar's left handed, dear listener, if you don't know, uh, we had one of those. It had been s- sticking around like the shop for a while. Omar was playing with Bosnian Rainbows at this tiny little club that bands that like I was in and, and like Matt's been in played. You know, it was like a tiny sticky club, mics. sticky mics. And we went down there and Jamie, you you know, your you, yeah. your fellow boss employee, sorted out so that I could get in, get backstage, um, and take a guitar to him to be signed, which which I did. 
um, and got the guitar signed. And, you know, it was a real important thing for me. Like that guy's had more influence on the music I listen to and the way I play than probably any other musician. And to get a guitar signed by him was incredible. But it was for Gak. I didn't own the guitar and I thought about purchasing it. But I was like, I'm not left handed. It would just be for looks. And I don't know if, you know, I need that. You know, I, I, it was enough to meet the fella, you know. So mm. so it went back into, you know, into Gak's stock and, we, you know, we had a signed one. We promoted it as it being a signed one. And then someone placed an order for the ordinary one, but Ibanez had discontinued it. And they were like, oh, well, I guess we'll have to give them the signed one. And so I had to contact them and being like, do you mind having a signed one? It was the worst time ever. I was contacting someone almost to be almost explaining that it had been shop soiled, but what actually it was was signed by the guy whose signature model it was. And they got it for like one nine nine or whatever that guitar oh. guitar was going for in the end. Like, oh. God damn it! Yeah. Um, in fact, yeah. Now on reverb, there's only one seven hundred pounds. <laughs> it's difficult. I don't know if I'd pay 700 for that, but it is a dead cool no. guitar. Um, the Gretsch model, uh, for listeners, if you find one cheap enough and you want to buy it and send it over, was the uh, the G5135 CVT PS, Patrick Stumpermatic. Uh, they did it in a very cool uh, pewter silver with black stripes. Uh, it looks like you can... It looks like a dealer in the UK still has one brand new. That must be super old. Uh, there is a dealer in France here listing one at 600 English pounds. Um, wow. Maybe. Who knows? I, uh, I have a bit of a tax refund coming, Joe. And I'm like, oh, I oh. should put some money into savings, but I should also buy myself something nice. Wow. Uh, I've earned that money. I want it back. Yeah, well um, done. If I paid tax, I would definitely like... Do, do, do. <laughs> Shh, they'll find out. They're listening. Um, but there we go. Well, that's a little dive into the into the watch list. And you've given me a few more things huh. to watch. There you go. How about that? How about that? Well, we are we are coming to, up to the end of this, uh, this week's episode of the Guitarners po- Podcast. So what we really need to do now is choose um, a topic for our Patreon, Matt. So Indeed. on the Katana's group, I asked the question. I said, uh, you know, that we'd had a great time answering John John Byer's question last week. We're going to be doing that every week. People have suggested questions. Uh, obviously, John's got in touch with me now, so um, I do need to send him out his um, uh, his pack of plectrums he actually messaged me as well with a suggestion for deal of the week which i might talk about on the patreon as well because it's a fantastic suggestion and very on point with what we've been talking about so but we'll we'll deal with that anyway because i don't want to give him a second question anyway so (laughs) here here are the suggestions um and then we can choose them um uh thomas adelgren uh says um what gear did you buy on a whim and really didn't like uh, the most uh, recent purchase for him is probably the most disgusting-looking BC Rich. Um, it's sort of weird. I don't even know what you call that shape with the weird devil headstock and the sort of very BC Rich shape with like red flames on a black body. It, it's right. like a terrible decision, Thomas. But uh, but <laughs> so th- there's there's an option. We do cover that s- subject a lot. Matt Loxley's got um, a great uh, a great suggestion here from Loxley Guitars. Um, 
he says, one that's always fascinated me and is, of course, subjective, but worth discussing uh, and collating ideas. What makes a guitar um, a joy to play? Ignore brand and aesthetics totally. But what is it about an instrument that when you pick it up, you just love it straight away? Is it the neck shape, the finish, the setup, the relief? Um, the way that the nut is cut, etc., etc., and if so, can you quantify what it is about the way that it feels? So mm. that's a pretty existential question about guitar. I guess it's the opposite of existential, but you know, like a, yeah. a really interesting, detailed question about guitars there from that. So that's an option. Um, friend of the podcast, Ben Caffrey, has said, "What gear have you always been turned off by?" This was a, a turn, a turn of turn of the books for the books. That, that expression uh um recently ben caffrey who has been adamantly aggressively anti-orange for all the years that he's been on the guitar Nets group uh, on facebook he uh recently had an amp um epiphany uh, and got an orange after years of hating on the brand and it's his favorite amp at the moment what gear combination has always made you go no thanks interesting um, so that's an okay. interesting one um and then um tommy uh negatron has said what pedals over 300 dollars are actually worth it chase bliss empress hologram oh, meris okay. Simon, walrus interesting one um there, I, I could go on and list more i feel like maybe that's a um that's a that's a good benchmark what do you think okay about, right? so what, we've what? got ge- so we've got gear on a whim uh what makes a guitar a joy to play uh what gear or gear combinations turn you off and pedals over 300 dollars that are actually worth it um i feel we covered the gear on a whim maybe a couple of weeks ago because i think we said like we we said like what had we bought that perhaps um hadn't gelled with us yeah we hadn't gelled with us um i kind of like i mean obviously i love talking about pedals so gear we could certainly analyze some pedals over three hundred dollars um mm. and talk maybe a bit about price i think that's a good thing i've I've certainly been playing some cheap pedals this weekend if you want to put it that way i know uh-huh. that's been a big thing and again you know we can talk about boutique there gear that turns you off is difficult because i think for me personally there's not a lot that i go apart from maybe some pointy things um, yeah, so I think I'm, I think I'm I'd be predictable. Yeah, I'd be predictable with the gear that turns me off. I think everyone knows what I, I'm not, like. I talk about metal brands, yeah, all metal stuff. So, yeah. so maybe not that one. I think that would be a short, and also maybe a little negative. I want to be positive. Yeah. So, um, um, so let's talk about Tommy Negatron's question about what pedals over three hundred bucks are actually worth it. And I think if we've got time, let's uh, have a crack at Matt Loxley's um, question as well. What um, makes a guitar we'll a joy to play. Yeah, exactly. So that's what we're going to be doing over on the Patreon, dear listener. You can join us over there. You can join us for, well, you can support us on Patreon for as, for as little as a dollar a month. Um, at the dollar tier, you get this episode ad-free and early. $5 gets you access to the Patreon special episodes and our back catalogue. $10 gets you the lot. Plus, I'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode. Find us on all your favourite social media platforms. Join the Guitar Nuts group on Facebook and get involved in our weekly episode discussion. Thanks for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nuts. Farewell. Goodbye.
Shabu, 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 Shabu,